What is going on, everybody? This is your boy, Nathan Cranfield, the host and founder of Seeking Excellence. Today's podcast is by our guest hosts, Seth and Tori Slayman, who I dearly love. And they're going to share with you some of their wisdom and relationship experience of going out and adventuring and living life and experiencing life to the fullest. I love watching them and their adventures on Instagram, on share, uh, on uh, um, all the stuff that Tori shares on her Instagram handle, which is in the show notes. And I always share that, but they always do the coolest stuff together on the weekends. They're very big on their technology free weekends and going out and experiencing life and experiencing life together. And I think it's especially timely, you know, coming out of the pandemic a little bit, things starting to opening up again. And so many people just experienced this last year and it was just kind of going to be a blimp, a blip on their, you know, experience in their life. And we're not called to live that way. We're not called to live in fear. We're not called to live caged up, right? Like we're called to go out and experience life. And you can do that in in safe and simple and free ways, right? Of going out and experiencing the great outdoors and all the things that are available to us here in the United States. Locally, you know, wherever you live, there's so many great things that are available to us that we often don't go and experience. So I hope that you take their advice and go out and live it up. God bless. You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom, to go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ, to be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses, time for you to take extreme ownership for your life, for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. Hi everyone, this is Seth, and this is the Slaymans. Do you want me to talk about my singing intro that you made me cut out again, or what? Uh, Seth really wanted to do, I didn't know this until he started singing into the microphone, but Seth wanted to do a singing introduction. But she didn't like it. That's probably better for everyone that I didn't do a singing introduction. Maybe maybe one day everybody will get to hear Seth sing in one of these, but today is not that day. I didn't didn't make middle school choir. Never. Did you try out? Yeah, I did. I didn't make it. Yeah, that's pretty sad when you think about it. Everybody should make middle school choir. How, How many people? I don't know, but I know I was not in the cool group that made it in i'm sorry it's okay i've forgiven the teacher since then so let's leave that aside um we are here to talk to you about adventure 
I don't know why. We were on a hike this weekend, and we decided I brought we were it up. About podcast topics. It was your idea. Yeah, we were just talking about it and where it led to, and Tori is more excited about this one than our other options. So, and I think this is a good, a good touch point for us to hit on, is the importance of adventure, the importance of just playing. As an adult, you don't hear that people like play or mm-hmm. like play it's just a it has a different adventure. yeah it has a different connotation than it does when you're young you know you go out and you're excited to go play with your friends mm-hmm. and there becomes a point where you don't play anymore with your friends mm-hmm. and you don't want to lose that aspect mm-hmm. of play yeah. but it's how does that trans translate into when you're older and a Mm grown-up yeah like we don't lose our need for play it just looks different than it used to right than it maybe did when we were younger um and i so whenever we were talking about it we kind of talked about that that play is a form of it of adventure Mm -hmm. um or there's a lot of play in adventure. I don't really know the best way to say that, but I guess what, like, how else would you define adventure, though? Like, what is adventure? Um, adventure? I don't know. I don't know the exact definition for it. I would say almost like going off to seek something that you're maybe not sure what the end goal is at the moment that you start seeking it i was going to say something very similar um just that adventure is anything like that deals with the unknown Mm -hmm. and it's like a well i was gonna say voluntary but i guess voluntarily voluntary or involuntary like step into the unknown or towards the unknown yeah Yeah, which can look like a lot of different things. Did you come up with that, or or did you just come up with that right now? Like, did you come up with that earlier? No, when we were talking about it, that's what I was thinking about. Okay, okay. Yeah, there is something about putting yourself in a situation where you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think we were talking about it earlier as well, but just like, It's allowing yourself to be free Mm -hmm. to that moment and to whatever happens with that moment. I feel like is another way that you could talk about adventure or something like that. It's like a disposition of not having an assumption of what you expect to happen or it's like, I'm not following these rules and I don't expect it to happen like this, but I'm going to be free and fluid to the, to the events that are happening. Like just not having any expectations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. But I don't think that's like necessary for something to be an adventure. Cause I like a lot of, like when we were coming up with different examples, Mm -hmm. a lot of the examples we were talking about, it's like, you know, so like, let's say you're stepping into the unknown and you're like going on some sort of trip or a big challenge or whatever it might yeah. be. 
Um, and you'll have, you might go in with like a strategy, especially if it is more of like a, a challenge that's full of something more intimidating or like danger or mm-hmm. something that requires a strategy. So there's still like expectation. Like I think something can still be an adventure even if you've prepared for it. Yeah. But it's it's like what makes it an, it an adventure is that there's always going to be something that doesn't fit the expectations that you have. Yeah. Um, no, I really like that. When I went on the Holy Land pilgrimage, Yeah. there was a preparation for it. There was like leading up to it, each week we would gather as a group. Mm-hmm. And we would pray together. We'd spend a holy hour together. Mm-hmm. And the sole intention of the holy hour would be to pray for the pilgrimage that we were coming up on. And so, like, with that, there was a preparation of, like, all right, this is what, this is kind of what I'm expecting to happen. Yeah. But there's going to be so much alongside it that I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what you're speaking to. Like it's, it allows it allows for those opportunities where you don't expect things to happen to come in and enter into mm-hmm. whatever you had. Yeah. You had pictured. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's a really good example of the Holy Land pilgrimage, like any pilgrimage or any mission trip or any trip. Like we've been taking a lot of different weekend trips lately. And I think all of those, like they're not really dangerous. There's nothing. um, It's like a very all around positive experience. Yeah. But there's still an adventure because we might have a plan. Um, But then there's still so much like unexpected too. Like I think those would all fit the the mold of what an adventure might be. Um, and then all, I mean, the other examples we came up with too, like one that I kept thinking about was like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or Harry Potter or mm-hmm. um, like all the Marvel movies, all the superhero movies. Um, what else did we say? Like sports, like any sort of sporting event. Um, maybe that we ourselves have gone through or just some of like the greatest stories and greatest movies that we've ever heard about are sporting events. Yeah. And I think the reason we like them so much is because they involve like an adventure. Yeah. Because there is like, like that is the definition of sports. It's like you have a strategy and you have an expectation, but like you don't know who's going to win and you don't know what the outcome is going to be and you don't know like what obstacles are going to pop up to you achieving your goal. Um, and we, yeah, I think it's just like a testament of like how much we want adventure because all of those things are like our favorite things. Like society loves Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and Harry Potter and sports and everything that involves an adventure. What do you think then keeps people from, from seeing it and wanting it when it comes to like it being on their TV and yeah. the difference between them seeing it and yeah. actually going out and yeah, doing it because we do all, there's a reason it draws us in is because it's an amazing story yeah, and it's one that seems so far outside the realm of reality yeah. that we can't, we will never have a situation like that. Yeah, But it's almost, 
that's almost a lie because every day, not to say that any of us are going to be traveling to go find the ring or, you know, none of us are going to be like Superman, Mm -hmm. but there are situations in our day where we can find adventure and where we can go on these little quests and or big quests or like big quests it's not you're not like a superman like there right. are huge things in the world that need to be done so what do you think holds people back from taking on those chances yeah. well, i think in in general like top two obstacles to adventure to like going on adventure would be fear and comfort mm-hmm. so like either number one you know the adventure is going to be like scary or dangerous and you're just scared of it so you yeah. like, stay back and avoid it at all costs or number two, even if it's not going to be, like, dangerous, you're just so comfortable where you are that the idea of, like, stepping outside of that comfort is enough of an obstacle to, like, keep you from going for it. Mm-hmm. I think those two would be my answer. Um, if you don't mind yeah. me interjecting, the two, the things that come to mind, like, those two things kind of are in tandem behind other people like do you think that it's because we will see uh, other people may see us as a failure if we don't probably if we don't succeed in this quest or in this yeah, adventure just like general fear fear of failure right because that's kind of the same thing I, I guess comfort could stray a little more towards like i'm chilling i don't really yeah. want to get up like and make I the effort comfort, I, I literally think of like Uh, So, like, we went on a trip to Pittsburgh recently. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, like, a super non-threatening, very, like, easy thing to do. Right. So, if we were to not go to Pittsburgh, it probably wouldn't be out of fear of anything. It would most likely be, like, I literally just don't want to get off my couch and get in a car and drive. Like, just, like, comfort in a very, like, physical sense. Yeah. Um, But I think for a lot of other things, it could be, like you're saying, like, number one, fear of failure if it's like a, a bigger, more, I don't know, like, let's say I want to go to like med school. Like I decide tomorrow that I want to go to med school. <laughs> I don't want to go to med be school. In it. That would be an adventure. <laughs> I do not want to go to med school. But like, let's say I decide tomorrow that I don't want to. Yeah. Um, like me as a little marketing and communications major, I would be number one, of like have fear of failure just for myself. Like, yeah fear of how difficult it would be but also fear of like how that would look to so many other people too yeah like oh i bet other people won't think i'll be able to do it where it's like if i really wanted to go to med school i could go to med school but i mean i don't but yeah it it, like i i think you're what you're saying i totally agree with is that what other people would think and kind of like the comfort zone of being in a place that's like safe reputation wise yeah as someone who succeeds it's like the the person who like has a 4.0 but they have a 4.0 because they dropped out of the classes that were too hard sort of a thing yeah didn't make middle school choir (laughs) but i had a lower gpa if you would make choir yeah yeah that's a great point i think that i agree with you i was I was listening to another podcast just on insecurity mm-hmm. and how it holds people back from like doing things that they want to do or like just not being who everybody tells them mm-hmm. to be is a scary thing. Yeah. And to 
kind of take the path less traveled, it does incite fear. And it's mm-hmm. not, it can be scary at times. Yeah. I guess I just think to, back to my past and I'd, I don't know, I usually like sought those things out. I was just a person that didn't really like the status quo. And that yeah. doesn't mean that I was just a rule breaker all the time. But like, I don't know, I feel like just throwing people off of what they expect you to do in certain circumstances is a good thing because then it lets them know like you not that they're unnecessary unpredictable things but that you do unpredictable things because you're your own person and that's what you like to do yeah that makes sense i feel like you you like you do enjoy doing things that people don't expect you to do yeah and I think that and, uh, everybody think, should yeah. be that way. I mean, everybody should. Everybody has their own things that they enjoy doing and that they should take absolutely no shame in enjoying because yeah. that's who they are. Yeah. Unless those things are sinful, then there's no problem in that. Yeah. Like, what are some examples? What do you mean? Uh, me, personally? Um, sure, or just, like, in general. Like, whenever you say, like, don't take any shame in doing something that you enjoy doing, like, what are some examples of what that might be? And in, like, in an adventure sense. Right, right. Um, I mean, in a way, like, this podcasting thing is a whole adventure for us. I mean, this is my first time doing this type of forum, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if I'm necessarily good at it, but Nathan keeps asking us to show up, so (laughs) I keep recording, and I guess people are listening, so... I don't know. This is this is fun, and I hope that the words that we like bring about are fruitful to other people and like mean something. Yeah. And I would th- I think that they are. Mm-hmm. So I guess that this is kind of an adventure that I don't really mm-hmm. know where it's going. Yeah. But it could end up in any number of places. Yeah. And I think that that's been the really good thing about COVID and 2020 was like people were just kind of tapped into this creative. Um, these creative juices that they didn't have before. And everybody was like, let me test this out because I've never, I thought that was cool about COVID. Yeah. Not everybody was successful and that's okay. I mean, I gave music a shot and it was, I was good at it, but I just couldn't do it long term. And I think that that's something that I could pick up again and try more. But I I I don't think like successful or not successful is the right way to say it either. Because like for you, like your goal was like, I'm going to make one, album right of music and that was the goal and that's what you did so like you were successful yeah you know and so any like someone who says i'm gonna go try to depends on how you define success but i get what you're saying for the next week during covid like that would be successful because they they like achieved the goal right you know like adventure doesn't have to mean like i tried this one thing out and through it i like conquered the world and everything's good now like yeah yeah sorry a car just drove by very loudly (laughs) um yeah but i i yeah i think it just depends but i think just like the success thing because another thing i was thinking kind of on that same topic which is it's why i was thinking this Mm -hmm. um is that so like take you for example like you have your certain hobbies or interests or things that you do yeah it's like, oh, yeah, like, that's the kind of thing Seth does. Like, Seth enjoys doing that. And then you might have something else that people don't expect you to do. And so it's, like, the way you maybe, like, 
surprise yourself or other people or go on adventures is by like taking on more interests or doing something new or involving yourself in something else but I think especially like in the world today it's like normal is to be involved in like seven different extracurriculars and normal is to be involved in like a bunch of different things and service opportunities to like look good and maybe this is more high school but like to look good on a college application so you and then like to look good on a resume and so like sometimes breaking the status quo or going on an adventure could be like stepping away from things too is my point yes that like it doesn't always have to be an addition of something like it could be like you know within the realm of fulfilling all of your commitments and everything like at a certain point when it's reasonable and respectful to do that, to, like, actually step away from something that everyone expects you to do. Right. And to leave and just, like, relax or go on a trip or, um, I don't know, like, have separation and just, like, quiet. Yeah. Like, I think that can be an adventure, too, and people don't think about that as much. Yeah, I think I, I get what you're saying from the from that standpoint. I guess I just, I don't know, I see a lot of people who after you get out of school you're unsure which direction to take yeah and it's not like there's 20 clubs sitting at the yeah i think i was thinking more at like the cafe who's well i think especially for people who maybe like all throughout high school and all yeah. throughout college were super involved in everything right so maybe like the adventure after all of that's over is to like i mean that's a good point like there aren't like just clubs at your ready after you graduate so. yeah it looks a little bit different, but like no matter what you do after college, you kind of have to break your mold, right? And do something different, right? Like in and of itself, it's an adventure because the options that were there before aren't really there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. How would you say that prayer is an adventure? Uh, I think it's unknown. Yeah. Because it's like a conversation. And you never know where you're going to end up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like... I guess I, the reason I asked that question is because you said when you do a bunch of things in college or high school or whatever, yeah. and then the adventure is like stepping back. Yeah. If you think about it in prayer, like, well, constantly they talk about how, you know, man, I can't remember who said this quote, but all of man's problems can be summed up by the fact that he can't sit in a dark room for himself by himself for 20 minutes. And when you're sitting in prayer, like you don't know where your mind's going to take you, Mm -hmm. but if you consistently are coming back to something that your whatever your prayer is focused on, Mm -hmm. you know, that can kind of give you some guardrails on where you're going. But like you said, you just never know where you're going to end up on that. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I think there it's like the fear and the comfort sort of a thing that we have resistance to. Um, Because it's like fear of where your mind will go or what would come up in a conversation with God or what will come up when you're just quiet, like with no phone and no social media and no like distractions anywhere. Yeah. Um, And then comfort too. Like there's just discomfort in that. Like I... Like, there are so many levels of prayer that I'm, like, such a novice in yeah. prayer. Like, I, yeah, you know, like, when you read stories of the saints and the, like, the interior lives that they had, like, there are truly levels of prayer, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I think because so many of us don't realize like how many levels of prayer there are beyond where we are right now, yeah. all we know is where we are right now. And we just feel very like inadequate in that. Like I, I think it's really easy for people to maybe try to develop a habit of prayer or just try to go pray sometime and not be super confident in their ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's kind of intimidating. I mean, you don't know. It's just very unclear. Nobody very teaches unclear. you how to pray. Yeah. And it's like there's no wrong way to pray either. So right. it's free game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it's like fear and comfort both both hold you back from that. There was um, one. So I was reading a, I wrote a book a few weeks ago, and then I was reading it again today. It's called uh, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert and it's about like creativity and inspiration and it's not about God or religion or the Holy Spirit or anything but like so much of that is like very clearly present like she doesn't talk about it but it's like yeah. like if you're having a if you're ta- re- reading a book about creativity like the Holy Spirit is naturally going to be a part of that mm-hmm. um, and so like the whole first two or three chapters are all about fear um, because I think that's what like holds back a lot of creativity, which like creativity is an adventure too. Like so many of the hobbies yeah. and interests we're talking about are creative endeavors, I guess. Right. Um, and she had this quote, I should have brought it in here, but she had this quote, um, and she was talking about when she was younger and wanted to be a writer, like she was just really down on herself and she was like, I'm going to give it up. I'm not going to do it. I don't know how old, but probably like in high school or college or something mm-hmm. like I'm not going to do it. This isn't for me. And her mom just really believed in her and like wouldn't let her give up on her writing. Mm -hmm. And she said like for years, she would just like fight her mom on it and be like, mom, no, like, why are you making me do this? I'm not going to be good at it. Like, this isn't my thing. I'm not even going to try. And her mom just kept pushing and pushing. And then the like the resolution to their like back and forth, it was so simple. The, The author, she said at a certain point, she just realized how ridiculous her argument was. Like, she was wasting so much energy, like, arguing against her ability to do something that she wanted to be able to do. Yeah. And so after, like, spending all this energy on it, she was like, this is just ridiculous. Like, that was the whole reason she stopped fighting it. Because she was like, why is this argument so important to me? Like, why am I arguing against my ability to do this? Um, like, is this really the hill that I want to die on? That I can't do this? Yeah. Um. And I don't know, that's, like, very simple, and it is more on the creativity side of things, but I think, like, with talking, speaking to that, like, fear obstacle to adventure, it's, like, if fear is the thing that's stopping us, like, we can go through so many different conversations in our brain of, like, okay, well, there's this adventure I kind of want to go on, like, maybe it's prayer, maybe it's a trip or a new interest or whatever it might be, but we just keep, like, talking ourselves back and, like, arguing against our ability to do it. But at a certain point, like, maybe we should reach that point, too, and be like, why am I spending so much time arguing against my ability to do the thing that I want to do? Yeah. Well, and you can fear everything. Like, you can find a reason to be scared of anything. Yeah. So if you're constantly living in a state of fear is no existence at all. Right. And you weren't given this life to just be stricken with fear so i think that yeah that's a fantastic point i just 
I think that the ability to get there are some things that deserve fear and then there are other things that just don't and mm-hmm. they need to be you need to break through that level of discomfort because every time you get through a level of discomfort and <clears throat> push yourself you often build on that and mm-hmm. you become a better person because of that yeah. and even if it didn't turn out the way you wanted it to exactly you still at least took a chance and you you beat that fear yeah yeah and that's so important for everyone to get through mm-hmm. because the more times you do that you just chip away at it and then it becomes less of a factor in your life and other parts of your life no longer hold that fear yeah. that it did in in certain aspects yeah. and you're used to just chipping it away and beating it up and then you don't have fear for things that you typically would have had fear for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's also relative to, like, I think a lot of times we're scared of something big. Or I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example. Like, let's say you want to start a band or something. And, um, yeah, you want to start a band and go out on a limb to, like, go do this thing. And you keep telling yourself, like, I'm not a good enough musician to do that so Mm -hmm. I'm not going to um when in reality like maybe that's what you're telling yourself but maybe every time you say that you're act and I think this is this is just like a really common thing because to your point we worry about what other people think yeah like maybe every time you're telling yourself I'm not good enough of a musician you're actually thinking about like this one music teacher you had who didn't really like you yeah um, when in reality, so like you, you don't actually believe you're not good enough of a musician. You're just so worried about what that one music teacher thought. Well, and it's almost not even like the musician part. It's like, I'm not good enough, mm-hmm. dot, 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 as a musician. And then it can be, you know, you get this mentality yeah. that you're not good enough, Yeah. fill in the blank, and it just becomes this constant like, circular Mm -hmm. effect that happens to you and it's like man i'm not i'm not good enough at that i'm not gonna do it yeah and then just you get stuck in this state of inaction yeah yeah Yeah, sorry but continue with your example no well i think that's a good point because once you say you're not good enough at one thing and you allow that to be the reason you don't do it yeah then that reason will always be good enough to stop you from doing anything from doing anything reason um, and I, I mean, my point like lines up with what you were saying, just that like a lot of times the words we say are, I'm not good enough, but like the images and thoughts we have in our brain actually point to like specific people, somebody else that made us feel that way or specific, yeah. not, maybe not even people like maybe, maybe it was a teacher, maybe it was like a peer or a friend or a classmate or whatever, or maybe right. it was just a bad experience. Right. Um, and so in reality, like we let these tiny, tiny little things such as, like, an old classmate that we probably won't ever see again Mm -hmm. convince us because of a past experience that we're not a good enough musician to start a band. When in reality, like, we know we're a good enough musician to start a band. Yeah. Well, even if if we say we don't know if we're good enough. Yeah. Let's just throw that out of the window for a second. Yeah. Just the idea of taking that risk and like saying all right even if i'm not a hundred percent sure if i'm good enough at doing this me stepping out there and 
trying to play for somebody and even if I mess up a few songs mm-hmm. I'm gonna learn from that moment yeah. and I'm gonna take that back and I'm gonna internalize it and I'm going to build off that and next time I will not mess you know I will not mess up that certain section of the song mm-hmm. or whatever it may be yeah. like you just learn so, everything that we learn is from failure in mm-hmm. a sense you know everybody says um, what is it I'm blanking on it right now but like just the idea of turning your mistakes into you know capitalizing on your mistakes for future use it's just such a simple Mm -hmm. thing to that everybody uses in their lives yeah yeah so like not allowing yourself to fail is honestly like impossible like you're gonna fail at something you're always gonna fail at something you know i fail at something throughout the day one time a day i fail will you fail or won't you fail it'll be like how will you fail and i don't i don't mean that in like a reactive sort of way i mean like how will you individually as Seth? like how does seth slayman fail does he fail it gracefully does he fail and do you yeah do you learn from your failure because if you don't learn from your failure not what's the point because there's still like i mean you always even if you don't learn on purpose it's gonna come back around in some way and you will learn right. from it but like there's so much good that can be gained that like why waste it yeah they say the def what the definition of a psycho is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting get the same results yeah expecting different yeah. results so like doing something that fails over and over again and you don't get the results you want mm-hmm. i mean you just need to yeah. take that path and say all right well maybe this isn't the right thing let's try something new yeah let's adventure yeah <clears throat> yeah one example i think of like welcoming failure almost um and then i have another question that i want to ask but um one example that came to mind is like okay in a work setting like this happened to me recently in a work setting like let's say um, you are working on a project, or I, well, I was working on a project, <laughs> let's say I'm working on a project, and, um, I'm, like, editing a draft, basically, so going through, and, like, there's always, already draft one, my job is to, like, produce draft two, mm-hmm. and just make, like, slight changes here and there, like, very minimal, those aren't, it's not really that hard, like, there's not a lot of, like, risk involved, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I was editing one particular line and I was like, you know what? Like, I think we could do something different. I'm not going to say like, hey, let's make a mandatory change, but be like, here are a few other options. So I put like two other options and then I had a few other options in mind, but I was like, I'm not going to put those down because like I know reasons why they're not the best option. So there's really no point in suggesting them for the second draft. Yeah. But then I was like, you know what? Actually, like I want to know why they're not the best options for a second draft. Like, I want to know the people around me's perspective yeah. on why this isn't a good option. So I put all the all the options down. Is this making sense? Yeah, I'm okay. following you. On the, I feel like I'm kind of talking in circles, but, like, so I put all the options down. You had two options. The, you weren't thinking about putting five. <laughs> and then you decided five. about putting five down. <laughs> Excuse me, yeah. Um, so... But just for the sake of, like, I know they're already going to be wrong. Yeah. So I know you could say that I'm going to fail, but, like, that's not, you, that's okay. Like, that's all right. Right. You because play dumb. Because through the failure, I'm going to learn why, I'm, 
going to learn even more about like the success more or less. yes and that's like co- almost coaxing it out of the person mm-hmm. to get them to tell you like asking for why it's wrong yeah and that way you just take that and can run with that for future and like you may have known a lot of times people may say yet yeah, like no yes or no to yeah. a certain situation but it's like if you don't know I, I would say this tends more towards like when people are saying no but if you don't know why they're saying no to that yeah it's almost like okay i don't understand all the backstory of yeah. why and it doesn't help this is happening the next time that comes around right you don't have any context Right, so it's almost it's explaining the why behind something, yeah, rather than just giving an answer. Yeah. And if you get the why behind the no, then you're going to have more context for the why behind the yes. Yes. Which is what we're after. So it's like, yeah, it's not about the failure; it's about the success. But because the success is so important, the failures are also important because they provide the context right. that's needed. Um, right. But anything else on that? I have another question I want to ask. Yeah, you go ahead. Um. So, like, going back to all the examples that we were talking about. So, like Lord like, of the Rings, Superman. We said Lord of... I don't know, I just keep thinking of Lord of the Rings. because uh, so, we just watched The Hobbit. <laughs> Not really, just, but... Um, I watched all every single Lord of the Rings movie, like, all three Lord of the Rings, all three Hobbits in the last year, which is a lot for a year, for the first time. I mean, kind of, yeah. So... Lord of the Rings is top Depends on how you look at a lot. That's definitely an adventure. (laughs) There are, like, so many different adventures going on in that. Like, such a great example for a conversation like this. Yeah. Um, Or we said, like, the flight to Egypt. Like, Mary and Joseph. Yeah. Taking Jesus to Egypt. Like, probably more of an involuntary adventure. Right. Or even traveling to Bethlehem. Like, everything, every, literally every story in the Bible is an adventure in one way or another. But, like, that's a really great example of one. Um, sports, like we said, that could be like common day sports, like the Super Bowl, or maybe it's just like your personal soccer game on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I know I, I just finished a book called Boys in the Boat. It's like literally oh, yeah. one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life. Yeah, like, she crushed it. So good. Um, and it's about the rowing team, um, and the Washington rowing team that went to Berlin in 1963 for the Olympics. 1936. Um, Night, sorry, 1936, <laughs> not 1963. Um, 1936 to Berlin during the Olympics. So, like, on so many levels, like, in So, they were Team USA, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, they were, like, Team Washington, and then once Team Washington won, that same team became Team USA. Okay. Which I think is the that's way the cool. Olympics used to be set up. Huh. Like, that's, like, in Miracle on Ice, that's how it worked, too. Really? They were all college kids that went. Were they all from the same state, or no? No, that was different. That was, like, they had tryouts for um, okay just like from the movie gotcha Gotcha. but it's like miracle is a great example of an adventure like a bunch of kids just came to try out and like put in the risk and like i think the reason miracle and the boys in the boat are both so good i think there's a movie made out of boys in the boat too Hmm. but both of them obviously on just the sports level like huge adventure so good so much at stake and I think the way a story is told when sports are involved, it's so suspenseful. And, like, as an athlete or even, like, not, anyone who's not an athlete, like, you can feel that and latch on to that. Yeah. But for both of those, there was also so much going on in the world at the same time. So, like, 1936 in Berlin, like, you're talking about a pretty important period of world history. Right. 
right after uh, world shortly after world war one and right before world war two right, right as things are starting to get you know iffy in germany oh yeah yeah um and they're like aware of that you know they're like kids they're college yeah. kids and there's only so much they can know yeah like, there, there was so much more going on that they didn't know about but they were still aware that like the adventure they were taking on um was like a lot bigger than themselves yeah and then the same is true with miracle like at that period in history in 1980 um and so sorry this is a really long way to ask the question but um like bible stories sports stories stories like lord of the rings harry potter is huge like people just love harry potter um star wars marvel all of those like how would all of those stories had been like how would they all have been different if people didn't go and like sign themselves up for an adventure, like if they would have given into the fear and given into the comfort, like what would the flight to Egypt? What would like? Bilbo Baggins be doing? Yeah, if he had not stepped foot out of the Shire, he'd be. He'd be sitting there drinking his, his tea, his looking at his toilets and reading his books. And living and like, his comfortable Hobbit lifestyle. And I think the cool, well. And in a way, there would be nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but like his life wouldn't be the only one that would be different because he didn't go like everyone else's life would be different. Correct. Too. Like think about how many different periods of time in the movie, like things drastically changed because of Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. And be- like whenever he takes the Arkenstone or whatever. Right. Like, the dwarves, I don't know what would have happened. I need to watch it again. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, we could apply that to, like, the flight to Egypt. I mean, imagine mm-hmm. if Joseph never acts. Yeah. I mean, Jesus dies. Yeah. They're and then what if Jesus died? At, at that age. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he did die. I mean, he did die. <laughs> but, yes, I get what, yeah, that would have been much different, I mean. Yeah, it is fascinating thinking about that because everybody celebrates these heroes mm-hmm. for what they did, but but people don't recognize the same ways that they can be heroes in their daily lives. Yeah. And it's not... Don't expect Gandalf to knock at your door <laughs> and to tell you you're going to some faraway land. Yeah. Or to, like, have but God like, talk to you in a dream. Like, it's not always that. But be prepared for your neighbor to come with you or to come to you with an unexpected request. Yeah. And say, all right, I don't know what's going to happen, but let's do this. Yeah. It reminds me, my sophomore year, just through conversations with friends, and maybe it was, like, something we talked about in Bible study or something. Um, but we we kept talking about this idea of, divine interruptions Mm -hmm. um and so there's a quote i forget who it's from actually you know i think father simon in a homily sometime he referenced um so at benedictine there's an adoration chapel like there's this uh, a church on second street st benedict's church on second street Mm -hmm. there's 24 hour adoration there and it's, like, a really common occurrence. So after dark, um, the chapel locks. Like, you can still go in, but somebody just has to let you in. And there are always people in there. Like, there's someone, like, 
there for perpetual adoration who's assigned but then there's like plenty of people there all the time Mm -hmm. and so after dark any new person who comes up to the door rings the doorbell it like echoes through the adoration chapel like interrupts the silence someone has to get up usually it's the same person over and over like whoever's closest to the door yeah like has to keep getting up letting people in come back like come back and so um i remember father that's unfortunate if i were that person i'd be like hey you go you go get that guy. Yeah, well, sometimes you, like, take turns or whatever. You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about, but I'm I'm just saying. I yeah. wouldn't get up each time. I yeah. would be like, hey, come on, put in your work. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, then you'll appreciate his homily because he, he, like, directly called that out. He was like, I know in the chapel. Father Simon said this in a homily. He was like, I know in the chapel on 2nd Street after dark when the doorbell rings, like, everybody just wants to roll your eyes because it interrupts your prayer and you just have to, like, get up. And let somebody else in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he referenced, sorry, I keep removing the story, but then he referenced um, Mother Teresa. And so Mother Teresa, I think it was like t- two hours of adoration every day that she did, like mm-hmm. always in the middle of all her ministry. And um, someone in particular like saw her praying, like really needed, maybe it was like someone who had never met her and they were going out of town and they really like just wanted to meet Mother Teresa and they were like, I can't interrupt her prayer time. Like she's literally kneeling in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Mm-hmm. And this is Mother Teresa talking to God right now. Um, but they did. And so they went and like tapped her on the shoulder, like kind of cautiously and they were like, I'm so sorry. And then they talked about like the way she turned and looked at them was like, it was as if she was still looking at the monsters. Mm-hmm. Like, just her face, like, so full of love. Wow. Like, the most welcoming look. Yeah. Like, so overjoyed to be able to talk to this person. Yeah. And um, so Father Simon referenced that. And he, I remember he said the words, he was like, when you're in the chapel and someone rings the doorbell, like, leave Jesus in the monsters and go meet him at the door. Mm. Um, which is, like, so cool. Like, so powerful. Yeah. Um, so, like, leave Jesus in the monsters and go meet him at the door. So... Going back to your point. So now I should feel bad. Kind of. Dang. You should have waited before you said that. Yeah. You should have known when I say Father Simon is going to have a homily about that. You should have known that was coming. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, it is okay. It's just a failure that you can learn from. Wow. Yeah. I don't live on, (laughs) I don't live in Atchison anymore, so. (laughs) Um, But I think that like really relates to your point. Yeah. Like your neighbor could come knock on your door. And that's like this conversation we were having sophomore year of like, not like don't only allow and put up with these interruptions, but like realize that every interruption is a potentially like divine interruption in some way that maybe you don't realize and start praying for divine interruptions. Like start praying for your neighbor to come to your door, whether it's convenient or inconvenient and in some indirect way, invite you on an adventure yeah even if it's not gandalf yeah agreed i couldn't agree more that's that's great i mean i don't think people i know i certainly don't recognize how important the community that i'm around Mm -hmm. how important they are and i know i can do a better job of being present for the people that are within my own community that I don't pay attention to. <clears throat> and there are plenty of adventures out there with them and getting to know these people yeah. that I could take on. Yeah. And I think that goes for everybody. But there's always, there's always that opportunity. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's really important. Like, I think we often, especially during quarantine, which I, I feel like we should almost stop referencing quarantine because it's, like, we're not in quarantine anymore. It's been, like, six months. I know. We're um, still but I, but we're still, still learning from it, though. Yeah, that's true. It's still valuable. That's true. Okay, I take that back. Um, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, but especially during quarantine, um, I think it was really easy for us to be, like, woe is me, no one's knocking on my door, no opportunities are presenting themselves. All the opportunities I had have been taken away. Um, the victim. Yeah. yeah, just like it's it's easy to feel like a victim, which like you are in some ways. Mm -hmm. But even when you are a victim, you can still not have a victim mentality. Mm -hmm. Choose not to have a victim mentality. And like I think when you make that switch is when you recognize all the other adventures that are like waiting. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts? Um, not really. I think, actually, yes. Okay. Um, Hit him. Yeah, I think, I, I think one thing that's important to remember and to acknowledge is that, so, like, going back to the Lord of the Rings, that's a good example, just to recognize that, like, the difference that, the willingness to go on an adventure makes or to mm -hmm. like kind of step outside of your comfort zone or step past the fear like it doesn't only affect you it affects the entire world mm. so like if we can just think about like it's easy to point to like this story and that story and that's an adventure and that's an adventure and look at all the ways that these things changed but imagine how many stories like stopped because people got scared like imagine how many like really really amazing great stories like especially books this past or, year especially this past year yeah um because like fear or comfort got in the way yeah and think about how the world is like worse off because of that mm -hmm. um and i don't i don't say that to be like negative but i think it's important to realize like the world is imp it's not like a question of if we'll change the world it's like how we'll change the world yeah um so, like, recognizing that, like, how do we move forward? Yeah, there's, I was just thinking about this. I don't know why I thought about it, but there was this, there was this little sign at the church that I uh, kind of went to on and off in Kansas City, mm -hmm. and it said, like, as you were leaving, it said, you know that, you know that passage about loving your neighbor? Mm -hmm. I meant that. And it was like, that was your send-off into the world as yeah. you're go leaving the parking lot. Yeah. And it's like, that's your call yeah. to go out and adventure. Mm -hmm. And to be like, all right, I love my neighbor, even if I don't know who they are. Like, what does that look like? It's different for each person, yes. But it's like, I still, I love them in their own unique way. Yeah. And it's how do I do that? And like recognizing that as an invitation, like not yes. a, like I think a lot of people could look not at a it condemnation. And be like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's really good. Like the the difference between like those could be opposites. Like a lot of people could see that. And oh man. And like, oh my gosh, they're just like. I have to love my neighbor. Yeah. Or it feels like you're being called out if you haven't. But like really, it's just an invitation. No, it's like, like it's go out there. You got this. Yeah. Yeah. I know you had that one quote, so let's finish with that. Yeah. And I, I, um, yeah, I'll just read it. 
So, um, it's from Theodore Roosevelt. It's like one of my favorite quotes ever. Uh, and it says, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. It's so good. Yeah, I think that's my, awesome. just reading it, my favorite part of that is there is no effort without error and shortcoming. Like failure and error and shortcoming is like a guaranteed thing. Yeah. So like why not dare greatly? Yeah. As he says. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So I, I think that speaks to like whenever we get frustrated, like whether it's like I think especially politics or maybe it's like talking about our favorite sports team and how they played last weekend or um, maybe it's just like watching a, a movie and then the movie ends and then you just feel like okay like I forgot that I wasn't in the Shire for a little while and here I am actually just sitting on my couch you know like I felt like I was a part of the movie but when the movie ends you realize like you're actually still just sitting on your couch in your living room like mm-hmm. I think this is a, a testament to why like talking in circles about things and just pointing fingers and criticizing like will always leave us empty and frustrated and not feeling great about ourselves Mm. because no matter how much we like point our fingers and how many great opinions we have like we're still on the sidelines if all we're doing is talking Mm. um and we were like made for the arena i think like people in general that's like god created us to be in the arena yeah whatever our arena is like large or small or whatever it is so i think that's like the best quote ever no that was great that was great. Awesome. Just pumps you up. Yeah. Go out there. Love your neighbor. Go on an adventure. Yeah. And I was going to say conquer the world, but I don't know if that's the right way to end that. <laughs> <laughs> and love God doing it all. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> that I'm sounds a little better. I something to add, but I don't have anything. To do. <laughs> do all, that all sounds great. Do all those things. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Um, This has been another episode of Seeking Excellence. Go check out all the socials, Instagram, Facebook. You know, keep up with the blogs and our podcasts, and we're grateful that you all listen and pray for us. Um, We'll keep you in our prayers, and we're, we're just so thankful for all those who have been a part of this mission and joined us on this on this road to excellence. Because we're, it's an adventure. We're learning each and every day. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye.